all back. We're back. I'm still Tom. I'm still Ross, I think. I think. How strong is that on a scale of one to strong? The vodka and coke that I'm drinking up yeah. there. Uh, I would say... So you get quadruples... Quadruples times five. Wow, shit, son. I've got a bottle of uh, Scarecrow. Oh, nice. Witchwood Brewery. Uh, mm-hmm. I bought it at that same shop that you told us you could buy Goliath from. Did you buy some beheaded? No. You gotta buy beheaded, dude. You gotta buy beheaded. I told you before. That was Christopher Morgan. I think we're this. We're quite loose, so prepare for that. Oh, you slut! So we've just watched that film, mm-hmm. indie game, the movie. Yeah. Let's dive in. Right. Give me a synopsis, please. Thank you. Well, the um, documentary follows three games. One. Yeah, more so, doesn't it, really? No, no, I mean three games and then one. Number one. Number one. Oh, right, sorry. (laughs) He's been demanding. Um, Number one, Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy by the Meat Team, I guess. Team Meat? Team Meat. Fez by... Phil Fish. Phil Fish, thank you very (laughs) much. And Braid by Jonathan Blow, is it? Jonathan Blows. It, See what I did there? You did, yeah. You did it. Jonathan it, Blows Goats. It follows just their fortunes and making the, the games. Misfortunes too, I suppose you could say. Possibly, yes. Definitely, yes. I've got to say, the other two films, that one of which we've talked about, Atari and King of Kong, which we'll talk about later, that is probably the more... Um, dower of of the movies that we're covering it's i feel done in i feel like i'm gonna i just feel like i'm gonna want to quit i don't want to do this anymore yeah i i feel it it was quite um it was quite a roller coaster right <laughs> it was it was mostly downhill it's the power of the edit <laughs> i know you said that a number of times while we're watching the film that's ross's tagline the I, power of the editor. I felt this film showed, and like we touched upon in the other episode, um, these people who make the games, and sometimes we take the high ground and we start slagging them off. But, you know, these people are, are fucking putting the heart and soul in the games. Blood, and sweat, and OTS. Whatever lubricant you prefer. And time. Time. And time. time. Time is of the essence. Started off with... It started off with a shot of... It started well, with a kiss. It started... <laughs> it started with a, <laughs> a number of shots of different indie, <laughs> ge- <laughs> indie games. Right, yeah. Braid. Uh-huh. Super Meat Boy. Right. Fez. I've just... <laughs> oh, you did, I. Uh, Sword and Sorcery, you ever played that? I got it on my phone. No, I've not played it. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to, you're supposed to play it with headphones because the music's amazing. Minecraft, which we've discussed before. Uh, yeah. The, what what was my amazing quote, please? Um, it's the Seinfeld of games. A game about nothing. That was the first first ever episode of of Gone Ox Left. If you haven't listened to it, go back all the way back. The sound quality's not quite as good. However, I still neither think is it. the editing, and <laughs> neither actually the banter's a bit rubbish. Uh, Ross wasn't on particularly good form. 
I'd think I've done better form than I have been in like To be honest, I, if you're gonna if you're new to the podcast and you just this is the first you've ever heard, I'd probably start around about episode twelve. Really, Do you really just... think that? <laughs> no, I think so. This friendship's over. Well, I think, to be honest, um, it's more professional um really hit where peak where high mark was level uh, level oh game and turn mm-hmm. was episode uh, 3.5 when you were absolutely off your tits well I'm gonna just, just laughing away recreate, the, recreate this <laughs> I'd say something you'd just be giggling at something that was said about five minutes earlier <laughs> well that could possibly happen unfortunately I feel the film we've just watched isn't a kind of know, laughing really. matter really I it, feel like I'm just watching Schindler's List uh, Schindler's list of indie games that he wants to play Journey <laughs> Castle Crashers mm. Goo Limbo Audio Surf Yes The revenue uh, of some of those games was upward of 25 mil 25 mil doll <laughs> 25 mil doll That's 25 million dollars for the uneducated Me and um, Terry we used to love playing uh, Audio Surf what do, what's the crack with that? It's a it's a strange game, like kind of like um, and I'm surprised. I, I'm sure I heard that, that we're going to make a second one. It's a strange game. Just laughing at Mildal. Mildal, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be difficult. This um, audio surf is essentially it's like a roller coaster, and what happens? A is, bit like that film. Yeah, in audio surf is yeah. Um, so is that a bit of foreshadowing, do you think, by the, <laughs> the documentary maker? No. <laughs> You're in audio, sir. Is it like Rock Band, where you, uh... move from left, you move from left to right and hit the things at the right time? Is it a rhythm action game? Because I don't like them. Well, why are you awesome at them? Well, I know, but that's just because I've got a really good rhythm. Um, I can hit that beat. It's... From what I remember, it's more about like there's there's blocks that you have to collect in colours, and there's a particular way you collect the colours to get more points. Mm-hmm. So it's a point like sort of game, and like I say, it's like a roller coaster. So you you're on this like fixed track track, yeah, and it's about like four or five blocks long, and you just you drive up and down peaks, and the speeds dictated by the song you picked. And because it, it, it felt very um like a, a rough diamond almost, you are lucky. Sometimes you get really lucky if you picked a game, uh, a song that would really bring out the most of the programming in the game. Right. And then other times you would pick something where, I don't know, it seemed a bit dull sort of thing. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a great game. Me and Terry used to love playing that. Like... Uh, I'm still surprised I haven't made a second one yeah. for the consoles. I see what you mean, but after watching that film, I'm not entirely surprised. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? After seeing how out of love developers can fall from their art. Not so much out of love, but just be completely exhausted and just think, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. You know what I mean? You're Maybe right. that was the case. I mean, for anyone who, again, will we've started this podcast and if you want to get more out of this conversation <laughs> watch the film have half a bottle of vodka and then watch <laughs> the film or or watch the film and have a half a bottle of vodka and then listen, <laughs> then listen to this, to this podcast, podcast. Yeah. basically the um 
the film is about these these guys and like just the toughness to go through but i would feel that a lot of it it's edited in a certain way i know you're thinking oh you just keep saying that but you can't uh, you can't edit emotions ross you can yes you can yes I do you it. can oh, i do it every single time you record mm-hmm. this podcast i make you sound 20 like, times more jovial than you actually are in real life so right. that's I just a, that's an insight of what i've got to deal with yeah hi everybody. hi everybody yeah you see i edited that <laughs> <laughs> um, really you actually said fuck, fuck you fuck <laughs> you bum bum Superbeat Boy was based on a Flash game mm-hmm. I would know there we go because I didn't know that that's all I wanted to say about that uh, the concept of Meat Boy is insane yeah Flash just just no skin on him but everything that because it was Edmund yeah uh, Edmund, Edmund out of the uh, his name. of the two of them Macmillan mm, something like that I bet he's the more the genius of the two but well, Edmund the creative was part isn't he the creative department he was the more the character like uh, I sided with yeah. just because he wore t-shirt he wore two t-shirts for the the entire film and one of them was the Melvins which I think are amazing and the other one was Sun and I think they're class. So Didn't he have a Tool t-shirt on him on the older oh, pictures as well? Right. Uh, tool, okay. Because what did you say? You thought I, I, thought it, a, I thought it said uh, coil. coil because it, it showed you some of the games he made, made 25 Flash games and, and <laughs> Super Meat Boy was obviously one of them. But uh, there was there was Spewer, <laughs> the C word, which was basically this oh. massive vagina with eyes, vulva, sorry, Trying to get penetrated <laughs> by this penis. Incidentally, have you seen this game where you you play a penis and the idea is you've got like a really really long penis and uh. then there's two balls and then there's a bum hole, right? And the idea is you've got to insert yourself into one of the opposite <laughs> hey, places. Like more points if you go in. Like... Yeah, but it makes like a horrible <laughs> noise when oh, you like sort of penetrate and you just it's like judo. You go around in a circle. <laughs> Fucking weird. Uh, I'll post that on Twitter. Coil, as we said. Time for cook. Time for cook, which really made you laugh. No, Coil was the funniest. <laughs> Seriously, it was. Coil, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he seems to have a thing about fucking fetuses and stuff, doesn't he? Because it's, uh, you've got the boy without skin, who's meat boy. Uh, his girlfriend is His bandage girl. bandage girl, who, as he said later on, Kind she of completes, like she completes him. him by being the bandage and wrap him up. Maybe he's always in pain, but he doesn't feel it. Was one thing he said. He's very deep, Edmund, because mm. some of the games he talked about that he made. There was the one about yeah, the, the, space the guy in space. I, yeah. This girl was based on his niece, and she rode on the back of this monster. Every planet they visited, the Earth would get smaller, and when he went back to Earth, he landed on it and it smashed, and he was just floating around in space. Yeah. Everything was really deep, had another meaning, but he was. I think he was quite troubled and lost a little bit himself but created a fucking amazing game made loads of money so I suppose that was uh, <laughs> oh so, so in happy. your world oh, all ends happy. well and then you've got Tommy who's the programmer side of Team Meat yeah one of his quotes was people who play COD don't like the games I make as I don't make shit games <laughs> he, said, game he said he uh, said some of the highest rating games of that year was COD and Halo Reach which by the way if we ever get round to our top 10 Xbox games of all time 
Halo Reach might actually be in there. What a what a tease! But also, that'll be Super the last Meat episode. Boy might actually be in there as well. Well, Braid, so Braid got, might actually be in mine. Right, that's something that I'd like to touch do, touch do, upon do, now. Do, do, do. The actual games, Super Meat Boy, right? Yeah, my own personal because you blew my mind and told me that you'd finished Braid. Yes, well, yes. yes. Not only did I finish Braid, but I've got a memory of sitting in the house I used to live in with Kelly asleep on us, pretty much, Mm -hmm. playing that game again to try and get an achievement. I think there was a speedrun achievement where you play the game fast. And I went through and got that achievement. And that was like, that's one of the games that I've got all the achievements for. What the full like was it two hundred like yeah know? I think it was only two hundred at the time it was like twenty like fifteen achievements or something like that maybe mm-hmm. but like yeah I absolutely loved I loved that game and so much so I bought the soundtrack it right. wasn't even a, an official release it was weird the the case it came in wasn't like a proper case it was uh-huh. weird but it's by this like classically trained trio of viol- uh, violinist and pianist and mm-hmm. something elseist. And it's just fucking, it's a beautiful soundtrack, like. But obviously in the game, everything kind of, some of the songs play backwards, depending on what you're doing. But then there's one track that they've recorded, and it's played backwards, and it's really, really haunting. And in the game, you're getting, there's like a chase scene sort of thing, or you're racing against time, which is the entire concept of the game. And that, that music's playing, it's really haunting and effective. experience of braid is i remember when we first started you just you got an xbox and you were online you were online a year before me oh was that and i came over to where woodbine as you're referring it referring to it good old woodbine and we went through um do you remember the game we went through me and you together do you remember the terrible split screen game oh kane and lynch we must talk about that at some point. Yes, we'll unearth <laughs> them horrible memories. That's the first Cain and Lynch, not Dog Days or whatever the fuck the second one was called. Apparently that's meant to be a lot better. Well, it couldn't be worse, could it? The game that Freedom Fighters <laughs> was replaced with. So it's never going to work for me, is it, really? And I remember you had it online, so we started checking out demos. We started going through a lot of the demos and yeah. having a look. And then we we started looking at the indie titles and, and, you know, and that's where I first saw Braid. And I remember the art style just sticking in my mind, like, so much. And then I've never, like, I've only ever played the demo. I've never finished it. And it's something that I do want to go back and play. It's weird because when I first, I remember seeing it for the first time and I hated the look of it. I thought it looked... Like the, the art design was totally individual, but I mm. just thought it, it it to me it looked really pretentious, and I just thought that game looks like they're trying so it, hard, and I never wanted to touch it because I 
I hated the look of the, the main character. I thought yeah. it looked like a fucking tool. That, I've got to say, even when I seen it, I hated the, the main character. Mm. I liked the game world, yeah. just not the yeah. main character. I agree. That completely put me off. Like I, I liked the way it was looked all hand-drawn. Mm-hmm. In the silhouette, the very start of the game, when you run across the bridge and the sun's setting, the silhouette was Oh, awesome. I love that. Yeah, man. That, but, that's what sold it to us, to be yeah. honest. The, that, that first bit. Uh, but I'm glad I... I did actually persevere with it. I must have had a trial or something. I don't know. I wouldn't have just bought it outright. Or maybe I saw loads of reviews. I don't know. But I'm so glad I did Wait, get it in the end. There was one time, and I like, like, I'm not having a go because I like this myself. I'm sure there was like a, a thing of arcade. Um, Summer of arcade. Summer of arcade. Of arcade. And yeah. you bought every game, didn't you? I, I did a couple of times, I think, on the. And I arcade think Braid might have been on that. Ah, uh, because you know what they did? They made it so that um, if you bought all, there was always like four games. If you bought all four games, it was cheaper than buying, say, three. So it was beneficial to buy all four. So a couple of times I did that and I ended up buying, I think I might have only done that once. Mm. I bought all four and one of them I wasn't interested in. Uh, I don't know which one it was, but yeah, I did that. So it was like 900 Microsoft points for one or... 2000 for all four, something like that. Active and I. I regret not going through Braid. It's weird. The way the documentary's done is it shows him, it, it, it only shows a little bit of him, like really. And he comes across as a bit mechanical, almost He's like, like a robot, like, like you yeah, said a couple of times. He does, he, without emotion. And I know he's had a lot of criticism, like especially where they were thrown up in the, um, in the documentary, how. He would actually post when people were like saying uh, stuff about his game. Even this, if they were enjoying it, yeah. he would post going, no, you're not enjoying it in this way. Yes. I, I do actually feel a bit sorry for him in a sense because indie, the indie movement that's like blossomed and blew up, it's been twofold. On the um, PC, it was, it was always ready to happen on a PC because the PC is more... It's yeah. accessible, isn't it? Yeah, it's more accessible. It's it with Steam. It's it's an easier platform to come out, and and people are a lot more tolerant. Mm. I think when Braid came out on the 360, it was a big moment, uh-huh. and I believe he was a massive step step up. And I I think in a way it couldn't have happened to a better person because of the way he is. Mm. He's unfeeling almost. I know he he sent all those. I know he did get carried away slightly, but he is unfeeling. Like, I think if that had happened to, like, the mega fairs, who we'll touch on them in, uh-huh. that, that just would have been, like, it was early days for indie games yeah. on consoles. Yeah. And I feel like Braid was kind of, a, it's it's good it felt to them. It was, it kind of was telling the story. It, it had a, a very unique art style. And it had a maker who had a, a very precise vision and because of that it felt to a good person to hold that and honestly it must have been a hell of a like um load to carry because there's a pressure there yeah and he held it and he was he's only human Mm -hmm. and well is he yeah is he (laughs) is he but because of that i feel like it was a it was a good game for it to land on fez Let's do that and talk a little bit. Well, about. we haven't talked about uh, Meat Boy, the actual game, because we've talked about the makers. Right. 
But what do you want to see? Just what are your feelings about Meat Boy? Because I think everyone knows my feelings. And if not, coming episodes, I'll clarify it more. <laughs> what what, do you, what is your feeling on Meat Boy? Well, I got it... Oh, I don't know if I got it on when it released or if I got it on your recommendation. I, don't, I can't remember. There was a massive sale. And that's um, why I was quite... The dates in that show, I was uh, that film... I was like, that's weird because I'm sure I came on sale quite early because I remember getting it at Christmas mm. and I think it must have come out in like 2012 or yeah. in a really good sale or like, it was like a quid. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I think because I went through a, a phase of just buying everything that came out. As soon as I saw something, I thought, oh, it looks alright. I just mm. bought it. I did that with Fez. As soon as I saw that it was coming out, I was like, I'll, I'll buy that straight right, away. Yeah. Anything that had like a a, a unique selling point like a, a gimmick or something I thought I you have played through it I know you say you haven't finished like the dark world or something but you've played through it um, nowhere near playing through it finishing it well, what I did ha- the first world and got everything including all the bandages yeah it's now backwards compatible so it's there ready for us to play and I had a quick go when it first went backwards compatible and I still loved it but um, it was like I say, a time when I bought so many games, I never put enough attention to one game. So I was just flitting between the mm. loads. And then it was always something new coming out. So I would like, Super Meat Boy just fell down the ranks. As you said, when we were watching it, we were talking about Stranger Things in the first episode. And we were talking about uh, Ready Player One as well. Yeah. References, nostalgic references. The re- nostalgic references in Super Meat Boy are just perfectly done. You've got the Super Street, uh, Super Street Fighter, mm-hmm. the Street Fighter uh, Two reference where he punches him. Uh, you've got the Castlevania one. It's just every every reference is just they've got it perfectly. It's perfectly weighted, and they just do such a good job. And it's it's even Super Meat Boy, like yeah, it's SMB. It's like the same. Uh, initials as Super Mario Brothers so it, it's like it's all so deliberate and so precise and the artwork is beautiful it plays one of the reviews that they were they were playing said the the controls feel like an extension of your consciousness yeah. which is just it, it yeah it's absolutely perfect it's so simple it's a wonderful game it's wonderful even the mechanic they didn't even mention the mechanic of the replays uh, they didn't even yeah. mention that in, in any of the episode any of the film mm-hmm. until they were shown it right at the end of the film where there was like multiple Super Meat Boys jumping that is a wonderful mechanic it's yeah. just like a lush thing to look at at the end of the, of the end of the level it's a tough game so you die that's that's part of its charm right yeah well that's part of its thing as what the the, the, the two dudes were talking about you'll die because I like hard games but the thing that's so good about it is there's no there's no waiting, so you just yeah, instantly back, in. back yeah. in. Out you came over to mine a while back and we're playing Hotline Miami, right? Yeah. And uh, you died on it, right? Straight away because it's a tough game. Uh huh. And straight away you just appeared back at the start, and you went, "Oh, it's like Super Meat Boy." Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's one of them games. Yeah. So it's like. When, when you're when, playing a game that you reference, you'll go, oh, it's like this, it's like this. So that, to me, and they never mentioned it once on there. Yeah. It's it's one of those ones. I've got this thing in my mind where 
because I'm I'm more than happy to go digital only, mm. right, without putting a disc in, because of the convenience of it. It's convenient if you if you can make a game as convenient as possible, then I'll buy into it. Yeah. And the convenience of that game is a big feature. Like you say, you die, you straight back into the next level. It's fast, so it's pick up and play sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm finding myself going towards more and more. Like just. I love Rainbow Six Siege, as I've mentioned it so many times on this podcast, but it's not as immediate. And there's things like when you want to change your weapon or you want to uh, upgrade your weapon, put a different like grip on or something like that. The other night there was an update came out and it had this new angled grip. So I went through all my weapons and I wanted to add that to some of the weapons. Mm-hmm. And it took about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes to do it. Oh, because see. it's like you'll select the weapon it'll take a second then it'll load up then you'll flick down to the right angle yeah. the right thingy it'll take another couple of seconds you're like why isn't this faster why isn't this you, faster you, you it's know, so slow I'm just about I, I'm playing for uh, Fallout 4 yeah and it's something that I've felt a lot in games where you you, you don't want to do something because you think alright if I go through that door there's a load <laughs> you, you know what I mean Resident and, Evil and, Syndrome. Yeah. It's... Let me open the door. Yeah, admit, like, pretendy lines that when you cross over them, it's going to load in. Yeah. And what you were talking about, tinkering with stuff, I remember back in the day, the first ever um, Legend of Cain. I love Legend of Cain. Is me, that the vampire one? Yeah. Me Legacy. Friend, Legacy of Cain. Legacy of Cain. My friend got that, right, for the PlayStation 1. And um, while playing it, I fucking loved it, right? Overhead. It was like... Um, Medieval. A link to the past. Zelda. Oh, right. Yeah. It, it was amazing. The follow-up, um, Soul Reaver, was amazing as well. But that was more like... Um, Soul Reaver was the one that I played, I think, with Neil. We met Neil. Yeah, that was more like um, Tomb Raider. So it was, yeah. But that had a revolutionary feature where there was no load times. All right. Anyway, the first game, Overhead... If you wanted to tinker with your um, inventory, you would press start. When you press start, load time. <laughs> then you click on something, load time. So what would that mean? All right, oh me, you're using the wrong like sword here. I know, but I can't be asked to go into the inventory. <laughs> and the thing is about the inventory is when you clicked on it, it would tell you a little description about all the swords. And this is really early days in the like PlayStation, right? where me and my friend were a real sucker for this. Bear in mind, we're like 18, 19 black metal fans. Everything that you picked up was like, you have just picked up the sword of sucking. This means it will suck the blood from any virgin. And it said it in this like kind of Brian Blessed type of voice. Uh-huh. I wanted to hear that. But even then, you were like, no, don't click start, because it took fucking ages. Uh-huh. So anyway. you try to avoid doing that and that, that impacts on your gaming experience. Yeah, it, it. I thought the better you get with a console, the less load times you're going to get. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to be happening like that, does it? No. When will the hardware get so good that there's never ever going to be load times? Next week. Awesome. <laughs> so keep an eye on that. So my boy took half, half as long time to develop his Fez. Mm-hmm. I think it said at one point 1,137 days in development for Fez and 
500 and something for Super Meat Boy. So. Would you say, though, as much as I like Meat Boy, do you, do you think Fez is a more like a, 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 an epic, it's more, it's a grandiose game. It's It's got more going on. Like, and I'll, I would it's, say, it, like, if you said to me now, which game would you rather play? I'd rather play Meat Boy. I agree. I totally agree. Fez has got more technically going on because of the whole uh, 3D mechanic. If anyone's seen it, you start in 2D, you get to Fez, which enables them to rotate the entire world Mm. in a 3D uh, manner, which technically is an achievement and looks wonderful. It really does. And it's an incredibly smart mechanic for traversing the world. It's it's almost like the ultimate puzzle... uh, it's like a you know when you you see something you think yeah that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. and that's the transition so it's like a perfect transition from two D into a three D world it just makes so much sense it's one of those things where you think oh I wish I'd thought of that yeah why has no one done that before that's what it is it's such a clever idea but if you don't have a a game to build around that or like if Super Meat Boy did that if you played Super Meat Boy and then there was a level where you could just one level where you pressed a button and the whole world turned 3D and it just added another dynamic, dynamic you'd say that's the best thing I've ever seen mm. but I only want to see it once because then I want to get back to just playing the game you know what I mean it, it, the gimmick becomes laborious because you have to you have to use it to get through the world you know what I mean it's kind of like it gets in the way of the game itself the almost. funny thing I agree with what you're saying because he says something when like really later on he says this game's about smelling the flowers yeah. so it's like me boys more about like it's about gaming like it's about like twitch Feverish. yeah it, uh-huh. it's about timing and all that and that's why it's funny that me boys is sort of game i would actually normally hate yeah. because it's about precise jumping yeah. it's mean but it's that it's that mechanic about coming back straight away. Yeah. And it's about learning the the like everything about it. He, he talked about that in there where it you would right, I'm gonna teach you the wall jump and I'm gonna teach you this, I'm gonna teach you long jumps, I'm gonna teach you that. With Fez, the the feeling I think Fez has, because I've got Fez and I got to a point on it where I just couldn't get any further. And what happens is you have to collect these little blocks. Yeah, the yellow blocks. And you have to like finish a block to like unlock other places. But it gets very confusing and the map's hard to like understand where you need to go next mm. and stuff. And that's my problem with it. But I had like a few um, sessions on Fez where it, it was magical actually. The, the music is so beautiful. in the game like it, it's beautiful it, it it's beautiful on a level that's different from me boy mm. and apple was amazing 
But then I got to a point where like I was just stuck and I was having to troll through the map trying to understand this because the map's like a, a like a star system sort of thing. Yeah. And it's really hard to follow. Isn't it where the world's sort of blown apart and needs to bring it back together again or something like that? Is that the idea? Or... No. Uh, it, it does it, feel like it's that... all over the place because there's warps and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that happens when when you totally destroy an area. You you make it di like disintegrate, which is something he talked about in the actual documentary. How he was saying, I feel like it's similar to coding, uh -huh. how it just all becomes pixelated and shit. Uh -huh. But it's difficult because sometimes you find yourself searching for a few blocks mm. in an area which the feels like there's not enough guidance and that's what i don't like about this game mm. uh, about that game and also i was saying how each of them have refused to work for microsoft in the future and the reason why he refused to work for microsoft going forward was fares dropped like when it did in about Two or three weeks later, it needed an update, and there was an update that got hit on the game. Mm. And then a few weeks later, it needed another update, and um, the cold hard fact on Xbox 360 was, whenever there's an update, it costs a lot of money yeah. for everyone concerned, Yeah. and he didn't have that money. Mm. He got pissed off for the fact that that was a fact. Because, you know, on a PC, that isn't a fact. But they've, it's again, and I'm not trying to be a fanboy of Xbox, but is that not something else that they've eradicated? I'm pretty sure that the costs of updates have been eradicated. Well, you've seen them. To make it much easier to I'm, update games. I'm not like, I'm not saying any right or wrong, right? But you've seen what he's like in that um, film. You feel fish. He's, he's a very, like... It's very... He's got a lot of anger, hasn't he? He was talking high and lows, isn't he? Basically, yeah. I mean, I he went through a lot of shit to make that game. I could understand why the relationship with the partner broke down. To be honest, if it must have been tumulus, I think that was the word I want to use. I don't know if that's a word, but I mean, had a lot of turmoil, and I'm pretty sure tumulus is the word to use. Well, that's why this this whole episode's a bit weird because. Because our our relationship is tumulus. Yeah, I was hoping we were we would watch something like fucking I don't know King of Kong, like Fro just goofy. I frozen. <laughs> no, yeah, but we'll end on King of Kong. It'll be all right, mm. and that'll be funny because I really want to see the notes that we wrote that you've rewritten, but we'll still have hopefully. What was it? Flannel shirt. Well, I didn't write <laughs> that down. But... Oh, it's a shame. Um, fuck you, Phil Fish. Fuck you. Mm. That was, really? one, of, that think was that? one of the comments. No, no, that was one of the comments that someone put during the development oh, of the game, yeah. wasn't it? We, we were scrolling through all the different comments that people have posted, like Twitter tweets and stuff, and one of them was just "fuck you, Phil Fish, fuck you." I can I can see why because <laughs> it's weird. It's shocking because... though the amount of effort he puts in, and someone just puts that. I know it's a double-edged sword because on one level I think oh, fucking hell, man. That's why we're um like. I'm struggling to be articulate here because I've had too much to drink. But read. But the thing is, right? Indie games harken back to an air an era that they didn't have to subject themselves to what they're hitting yeah, now. You're talking about the bedroom coders, which we've mentioned before. Yeah, the who, bedroom coders didn't have to go for the internet and the market and that yeah. they're getting now. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're at this point now with 
indie games. You have an Xbox and I have a PlayStation. Yes. And now we have like a very big backlog of like lush indie games to play on. Mm-hmm. Like small budget, amazing games to play on. And I think, I actually think the make our braid is, as much as he come across as a bit weird, he's someone to be applauded because if it wasn't for him, the way he handled that, mm-hmm. we would be, we wouldn't be at this situation now. But that's difficult to tell, isn't it? Because it's like, who knows? Yeah, Xbox made uh, made a lot of mistakes and got a lot wrong, but they made a lot of inroads. It was just the early days, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely. Like a new, who new knew concept how, almost, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah who knew how was. successful? And how, you saw how, how pissed off that Tommy guy got uh, when it wasn't on the, the yeah. on the page when he was promised it would be. Yeah, Super Meat Boy would be advertised. Well, it was a killer, wasn't it? It was, it was like saying if like you were going to make an album and then it wasn't on iTunes, like yeah. homepage. But then this is the world we live in now, I'm afraid. One thing that, that Phil Fish said in response to the comments online, mm. that uh, there's an army of assholes online. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. And so. you also, you said uh, when we were watching it that Braid is the intellectual man's Mario. Which was a big compliment to me, I think. Was it? You didn't realise, but... Damn it, I, well, I retract that statement. I never really played Mario when I was younger, but... I, did you know? I did play Braid. Well, I played Super Mario Land on the Game Boy. Well, I... That's by different people, so I've just found out. What? Warp was a good game. I liked Warp. Yeah, it was okay. I liked how you could go inside people and <laughs> listen to this. Yeah, listen I thought you like that. No, listen to the sentence though. I liked how <laughs> you go inside of someone and spin your joystick around until they exploded. Okay. <laughs> what do you think about that? Because that's actually what you did. You warped inside of somebody and then you spun the the the, um, the stick around. Until they popped. Until do, do you know what I think's weird is if anyone met me and you in the street yes. and we talked to each other, and then afterwards they said, "Okay, which one do you think's a sex criminal?" <laughs> They'd probably say me over you. Yeah, but the, the fact of the, sure, yeah, the fact of the matter is, it's obviously you. Well, just because I want to go inside of someone and spin no, the joystick. No, I've around. had like there's been nine podcasts where you've just. If there's a game, it's got to be like a porn version or whatever. <laughs> like, so. I've actually got some porn versions of Fez characters. Phil Fish of Fez also said, uh, this is, <laughs> is going to bring it down a little bit. Right. I will kill myself if I don't finish the game. I mean, before the alcohol really hit me, I actually felt like, I felt, it's a, it's a, it's a medium where like they put so much work in now, like in terms of hours. But then again, like music's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Films, exact. You you know like 
you mean you could watch this terrible like film like a horror film like that was made for next to nothing and beforehand you could have interviewed the the filmmakers and they could be like gushing over like oh try to like make me vision at the end of the day if it's not a good product well and i know it's bad and i know it's hard and i know they go through some like tough times making it but fucking hell like the job i do is mundane bullshit i'm not putting myself on the line i don't have that highs and lows so it means they, they have that high mm. and they might have had them lows but at least they're giving themselves over and showing themselves like and you know it's we don't have that me or you do no, it so it's like it's because they're putting they're producing something that has me? a part of them in it mm-hmm. that's the thing and if it doesn't if it's not a success or if it's not finished then they're either destroyed because it's not a success it's a part of them it's being killed or if it's not complete then they're not complete I suppose I also feel like visionaries or at the very not so much visionaries but like people who are like very um, driven or passionate right. so like this documentary caught them at, at, at a point where they were going to be even more passionate oh, yeah. it was just on the eve of where everything was going to drop so they were going to get like delicious sound bites of people like in tears like just about to say oh i hate such and such or like fuck him or oh no this is gonna happen these people are like on the eve of their baby dropping and that's where they know like and they put that much work in emotions are high yeah exactly uh tommy from uh, team meat he also said he would be okay dying if he finished the game (laughs) if he if Super Meat Boy was finished and released, he would be okay if he died after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that dude, he looked fucked, yeah. didn't he? He he looked like he'd been up all night. I mean, I, again, I go back to this. We we slag off games. We sit here and we go, oh, fucking hell, look at this, look at this. But to sit up and code all night, it must be brutal. It must be, like, it, it must be... I can only equate it to how, me sitting up all night, Edden. Yeah, well, I don't have anything that I can <laughs> <laughs> Boop, bap, boop. I'm just going to make loads of edit noises. <laughs> Edmund from uh, Team Meat Grewy's uh, reclusive cowboy moustache as well, didn't he, tune develop? Yeah, but he didn't shave it off. I, I know, that I wish he had, because I didn't really like that. No, I didn't. I liked his wife, though, because he proposed it uh, when they won an award. It must have been the game company he worked for mm. before that. They won an award, and he proposed to her on stage. And she seemed like a nice woman until she got that horrible fucking hairless cat. Oh, well, I think their yeah, next then game. I, hated her. I think yeah. What's the next uh, game? I think it's something to do with collecting cats or something. Mm. Sounds rubbish. <laughs> you say you've just. I think it's only coming out on the PC. Ah, oh, fucking. There was also some boy cookies that uh, Tommy's mom made, oh, which delish. was really really cute, because uh, obviously. If you're gonna watch the film, you don't want any spoilers. Then don't listen to this. But yeah, Super Meat Boy was a huge success, and yeah. Tommy paid off the debts. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah, it's like, don't worry. Don't gloss over that. The last six years didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, no spoiler. Spoilers for the last six years, guys. Yeah, he, he paid off the debts for his uh, parents' house, which was really nice. 
hydrophobia was shown at one point on the on the uh, dashboard. The old it was nice seeing the old Xbox 360 dashboard, wasn't it? No, but hydrophobia <laughs> was <laughs> hydrophobia was on there. That was a summer. I followed that game quite a bit before it came out because the water effect was cool. They never brought up the second part. The game ended on like a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and they were like, "This game will return soon for the second part." It was like episodic almost. Did it really do that? Oh, yeah, fuck and it, it never came out. No, that was it was just a fucking joke. But it was a, an indie game, and the the water the water SF SFX right. The it water, wasn't an indie game, by the way. Oh, was it not an indie game? No, it it had a. That's the controversy that that had because it, it, it was in amongst all the indie developers and I'm sure he, he, he or somebody uh, had right, like okay. some money and it felt like a fucking indie game because <laughs> it was that crap uh, it just felt well, you like see, a bit broken do, do you know what I mean a bit like I Am Alive that was technically wasn't an indie game but it was sort of released as an indie game by Ubisoft I that's the thing where they can just swim that they back. can they can go oh look it's an indie game look look uh, it's not Get your goodwill from an indie game. The fact, like, look, there's only two people working on this. Mm. There isn't actually, so you're fucking wrong. What was your Peter Jackson anecdote? Christ, you're asking this after I've drunk all this vodka. (laughs) I just thought the team meet, that had the same... I remember when I was, like, really young, and I got into, like, horror films and... uh, I watched Bad Taste. Bad Taste was on Channel 4. I'd already seen it, right? But Bad Taste was on, like, Channel 4, BBC 2. I can't even remember that much. And um, afterwards, they had a little documentary about the making of it. And Bad Taste is this weird, like... It's so... It's so... Yeah, it's so weird that... um, Peter Jackson's, like... You know, he's a fucking massive director now. He's, like... I'm so glad he got the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. But then again, I love Sam Raimi because of the Evil Dead films. And he got... Um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. Anyway, it showed um, how his parents would, like, cook stuff. Like, they would cook, like... There might be some special effects, like prosthetics. So uh-huh. they would, like, put that in the oven. Really? In between, like, making dinner for, like, the... Um, <laughs> the people who are in the film no friends that were in it and there was this big friendship like on that and I remember watching it because like I'd watched Brain Dead and then watched Bad Taste uh-huh. so I love Brain Dead and then when I watched Bad Taste Bad Taste quite shoddy it's it's like rough around the edges Yeah. but if you watch that documentary you can't help but love the guy and yeah. like his family like there's that passion and that that's what you get like with you you, you know like there's there's something about that there, there is there's a like if that comes across in the game or the film that's yeah. a massive plus point passion so, the passion if the passion comes across yeah it's very important and you can see it I think in the because Super Meat Boy in particular feels sort of really polished and meticulous like going back to the nostalgic references and the how fast it works and the instant restarts and stuff it just feels like really nicely finished off and that's that only comes with passion and desire to, to have a perfect product 
the level design on that game is second and on like yeah. like later on where it, it's all about precision jump and, and I don't like stuff like that as a rule mm. but it all works the art design everything else I mean this this part this episode's going to be ramshackle as far <laughs> but I just anyone who's listening of the three games we're talking about like Fez Super Meat Boy and Braid what's your favourites because I think mine is easily Meat Boy. It's I love Fez on a like a kind of like relaxing feel, mm. but I feel it's got a massive flow to it. And Braid maybe it's having give Braid the, the the love it it desires sort of thing, like I would say for a technical achievement, I think Fez is the best because it's it's such a wonderful mechanic. Mm. It is beautiful say, the first time you say that. I agree with that, yeah. I would say for an experience, Braid, because it's just a wonderful a wonderful game with a game with a wonderful mechanic, but the whole story mm. and the way you're taken through the, the game is beautiful. But for content and replayability or even just playability, uh, it would be Super Meat Boy. So I haven't really given you an answer, but no, that, if I had one... that the, what you just said there is perfect. Okay, we'll because no, it is because <laughs> I do want to play a braid because of what you just said there. Like yeah. the fact that you got that in the um, in the film where he's he's not talking about like level spikes or any of that shit. Mm-hmm. He's talking about just like learning and the story yeah. and his his ideas. One last thing to end on, if unless there's anything else you want to say. No, no. With uh, with that game, Team Meat said uh, when they finally released the game, it was like sending our kid off to school. Yeah. And we said, uh, except the kid is made of meat, <laughs> and he's sending him off to Xbox Live, which is a fucking terrifying place full of literal motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. So he's sending off your Thank skin... you for writing that down. Mum <laughs> is pissed as well now. Full of skin... Uh, sending off your, your skinless child to a school full of fucking horrible people. Yeah, basically. they were ready to fucking... So you can understand why that would be terrifying. But yeah, I think that's that's all we need to say about that. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed the documentary. I did. There was a lot of shots of the games being played mm. which made me want to play the games which I think is a success there was there was two feelings I got from it um, the first one was just how tough it is you know but then again it's tough doing anything you yeah. know like we both make music mm-hmm. and it's tough just like fucking doing anything that like you, you don't want to put something out that you it's weird if you put something out that you totally feel passionate about uh-huh. it's like put it is like putting your heart on the line oh absolutely yeah. and I got that from the documentary they all done that uh-huh. but then it takes a level of a person who would do that because it's really hard so mm-hmm. I got that from it and I also got the fact like I think that was the wrong documentary to watch when I was drinking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah deal with that listeners so we'll finish with King of Kong yeah we'll brief um, exploits on King of Kong I don't know if, I think a lot of people will have seen this already yeah it's quite old now would you say when was it mid 2000s or something when it came out um, yeah it, ago, it, it's again it's it's 
quite a trailblazer in terms of like I think it it was successful as a documentary even though not many people were like avid you know like these pretending nerds that were mentioned in the first episode <laughs> yeah he pretending nerds I wouldn't talk about him never. what's he called King? is it called King of Kong mm-hmm. King of Kong a fistful of quarters it's not even on IMDB it should be because oh there it is the King of oh 2007 that's a picture holy shit oh it's Billy Mitchell with his hot sauce so I don't have any notes about this because you've got them all I will pass them over to you because at this point I don't think I'm focused no matter what I say it draws controversy it's (laughs) it's sort of like the abortion issue (laughs) that's what Billy Mitchell said He's Billy so full Mitchell's of what fucking a prick. How the power you... of the edit. The power of the edit. Yeah. Um, oh, you've got it written there. King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters, 2007. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up on IMDb. <laughs> you've got it all written there. Um, it follows Steve Weeble. Weeble? Weeby. In his attempts to take the high score record. So, Billy Mitchell set the high score on uh, yeah, back in the day. Donkey Kong, back in the day on an arcade machine and this guy Steve Weeby commits like a large portion of his life to trying to beat that that score he's got the arcade set up in his garage mm. and that's his dream to beat the score and to be the best yeah that's the basic outline and in amongst that there's a bit of muddy in the waters where like the actual arcade board that he got is do you remember like the board they got was like given by someone else and yeah. stuff like and that and was talking about it being tampered with and because mm. when he finally he finally brought the record there was a video of him finally because he got to submit a VHS and he submitted the video and there's a, a bit where his son's saying uh, daddy stop playing the game I've been to the toilet you need to come and wipe me butt yes <laughs> and that's actually on the video and he has to submit that particular video now Fast forward a bit, that poor dude who has to like who who has to watch all those videos to verify this, the high scores. Uh, yeah, Robert. Um, What's his name? Muchek. Muchek. Robert. Yeah, he has to watch all the tapes that come through. That's his Can job. Can you imagine that? Man? He's like a, an official referee of the. What's the name of the website? Uh, uh, the uh, Twin Galaxy website. Sword, yeah. Yeah, he's like an official referee of that. It's Walter Day, who was the founder of Twin Galaxies. Yeah, um, Walter Day. Interesting character, I'm like. Walter Day, just recently, there's, there's been a um, Retro Asylum podcast with him interviewed on there. Really? Yeah, and he's a weird character. Yeah, like. He's flashed from, like, every time they interviewed him, he went from looking like he was a homeless guy to being, like, <laughs> a proper... Like an actual referee with his black and white stripy top on to being like fucking... What's that guy called? The Playboy Mansion guy? Hugh Hefner? Hugh Hefner, yeah. So, fun spot. That's where... Because, obviously, he submits the video. Yeah, and they say... And they say that it can't be accepted, don't they? They because say, like... Um, this is what Robert says, isn't it? Well, they say, like, you've got to, like, go to fun... St- Fun spot and oh, because they break into his garage, don't they? The 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 no, that happens later, but Not later. Oh. Well, yeah, they do, I guess, and and say like what he's running. Mm-hmm. 
But they say so, that his score is not not submittable anyway, and he has to go to Fun Spot to play it live and uh, to show to to beat the score. That's the way he needs to do it. Yeah. So Steve goes to Fun Spot, mm. which is like a power of the kind edit. of like a convention. What? It's power the, the power of the edit. It's kind of like a convention sort of thing, isn't it? Where the, all of these old arcade machines are there. So Steve goes along. He's playing the game, mm. and then you've got uh, what's he called? Brian? Is that Brian? <laughs> no, no. What's the name of the Tom's guy? I'm trying to read my notes, which, yeah. by the way, are better than. What's the name of the guy who is like uh, Billy's best mate, and he keeps phoning Billy up and saying, "Oh, he's about uh, to, he's about to hit a hundred thousand points." And I didn't write him down. I remember his name, but he's he's a really interesting character because he keeps saying, "Oh, I think we're about to see a, a kill screen on Donkey Kong live yeah. at Fun Spot." I kind of hoped that I was going to get the kill screen, but maybe not. <laughs> Like proper, like sort of weirdly passive aggressive and just totally creepy bloke. And then he, there's a shot of him. He goes around everyone in Fun Spot, uh, all these different nerds going, uh, "Yeah, guys, um, uh, yeah. I think we're uh, about to see a kill screen uh, over on Donkey Kong in about five minutes' time. If you want to make your way over." And we were taking the piss, going like, "Oh, no one's listening to him. No one's listening to what he's saying." He went around about five or six people. Uh-huh. And then the next shot, probably the edit. The next Power shot, there's like about ten or fifteen people standing around Steve. While he, he gets the kill screen on Donkey Kong. So he smashes the record. Mm-hmm. And then all the while, Billy's in touch with this guy. I can't remember his name. And he's saying, uh, yeah, so I sent a sent a tape. Uh, you're going to want to watch that all together in the back. Uh, make sure everybody's there. And he, mm-hmm. after Steve beats his record... They all go into the back room. Well, he gets that old woman that's just about to beat there. Yes. Like, um, it's down the bottom of the notes. She's, uh, yeah, Doris Self, uh, Q-Bird. So he's like, it feels like he's grooming or almost looking after this, like, um, this woman. And uh, he tells her to bring this. That's right. She takes a tape, yeah. Yeah, this tape. You, what's he say? You can... You can lose everything, your luggage or something, but you can't lose a tape or something like that, or Part something weird. He says something weird. Well, it's really weird, awful. But the, the, oh. the this tape makes it there anyway. So Steve beats the record, and then they're all sitting in the back watching this tape, mm. and it's a, a tape that uh, Billy submitted. Yes, that's right. That shows him breaking the record, mm. breaking a million points or something like that. He, he smashes the record again. Yeah, but, but it, there's something it, weird happens, Yeah, it goes it? really weird. Yeah, and the tape sort of jumps. Uh, but what's interesting is, earlier they wouldn't accept his. Yeah, they wouldn't accept Steve's but tape. But they did unquestionably. I mean, the thing is, I've heard a lot about this. Uh-huh. And it's the way that, the way that documentary is filmed, apparently. Mm-hmm. But then, would you not say that if, do you know what I mean? Would you not say that if you come across like a bit of a bunch of bell ends? I think you just gotta you, gotta just take it for what it is. The way it's edited, like it can be manipulated and make you think what you mm. what they want you to think. But we're none the wiser. We're just watching it. Mm. So you've just gotta take it for what it is. And and he came across as a bell end. I don't think any. <laughs> there was no editing in the bit where he was talking about. What was it again? Uh, no matter what I say, it draws controversy. It's sort of like the abortion issue. And uh, anyone that says that is a bell end, right? Yeah. Really. I know. To be fair, you're talking about fucking playing on computer games. Yeah. You're not talking about fucking life or death. <laughs> He's a fucking. Yeah, that's. But he looked like a prick as well. 
Like you did. Wow, when you're that, going that's, off that's, on a limb here, like. Because what then happened... It, and I just distanced myself from Tom. <laughs> what then happened was Steve went to another... Uh, it wasn't fun spot, but it was another sort of convention kind of thing mm-hmm. to try and break the record live again. Mm-hmm. Because Billy refused to do it live. He just never turned up. And while Steve was sitting at the machine, yeah, Billy came in with his wife. And just blanked him. Just yeah. completely blanked Steve. So he is a, he is a total bell end. And it was like Billy was coming in just to sort of, is like a total celebrity. Well, she, he well, walked around with a fucking was, bottle of hot sauce and then fucked off again. He, he said um, it was on light, like it was subtitled, and he said, uh, "Oh, you don't need to say hi to him." Something like that, and it's just like, yeah, weird, it's horrendous. Um, it says here, soundtrack, you're the best. Why did we just play that though? Because it's in the documentary. Yeah, it's probably remember. the most cheesiest song ever. And also, Carmen plays that as he trains for the. <laughs> That's right, that he does. He, he plays that Carmen's, when he's yeah. like training for the like disabled Olympics. That's terrible. Why is that terrible? Because it's the The main point, Thomas. Oh, yeah, of course. The higher, the, on the higher of the. Um, and then you've got a note here. I'm struggling a bit with this one. Mm. Power of the power of the edit last night. Playing a game comes out like like that like what? Well, Playing a game comes point. out like I uh, like that for that long shit. It's not. Gonna... <laughs> I don't know what it says. Mm. Where was all of that? No. Oh, just the fact they play a game for that long. So it says, this note says, playing a game the like game. that for that long. So you're saying like how would well, you get bored or... They, they play them for like a day. A day, you know. That's, a that's full day, a, 24 hours. So they're playing for a day and then they go to the bog. And the fact they go into the toilet is how many lives they build up. So the player on it, mm. and then, right, I've got like, so the rush to the tower, have a piss, and that burns off some of the extra lives. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Can yeah. you imagine that, man? That's Billy Mitchell has, has a sauce company, doesn't he? That's what he makes. He does, sauce. yeah. And you've got a note here that just says, Billy Mitchell comes out like a shit. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> does. Um, I mean, I, I hate to say <laughs> that, but he does. Comes out like a shit. Oh, it like, comes across like a shit. Like, oh, he comes out like a shit would. Like, mm. you, you imagine him slowly creeping out Uranus. Mm, I don't want to have him anywhere near that. You've also got here, can Gonox left on the trip to Funspot? 
Yeah, definitely. And maybe the listeners fund a trip for Gonox Lightly Awesome Watson's camera, we would, yeah. We please. would go there and we'd do a podcast from Funspot. I would do if, that. Yeah. If Gonox, the Gonox Lightly fans could put some Is money that going to happen? If they could put some money together and send with there. Oh, I'd fucking love that. I'd, right, I'd so we're Christian, do... Christian, uh, Ethel the Frog. I think Michael and Simon should put their hands in the pocket and send us the fun spot, please. So I might do more than that, you know, to go there. What would you do? There, there'd be quite a lot of things around <laughs> there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I would suck up. So people say Chasing Ghost is a better doc. Yeah, because of the power they edit. Oh, hang on. I've got that on Netflix. Is that about, uh, the, about Ghostbusters? No, I believe it's oh. about um, <laughs> Pac-Man. Oh, right. Okay, there's a Ghost Hunters or something. There's a, a, a on Netflix. There's a documentary about people who are. Wasn't Christian talking about it? Christian, confirm this. Please. I believe so. Yes, you confirm was. This when you're here, he watched it, didn't he? About people who are totally into Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. He was like That's saying, right, that. he was saying. The thing I'm talking about is different than that. It, it's it's about like. I think it's a Pac-Man, like, um, it's all about, like, so you know how early on in King of Kong, they're talking about, like, patterns? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. in Pac-Man, there's patterns, and you just... I enjoy King of Kong. Uh, yeah, I could I probably thought watch it, it again good. at some point, to be honest. Or you're going to have the DVD. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. a good documentary. Yeah, I enjoyed all three of them, to be honest. I, th- I thought they were all good. Actually, could you do me a massive favour? I don't know. Live on air. What? Could you go downstairs, me bag's downstairs, because there's a present down there. What, for me? In my bag, yeah. All right, for one you. second. One second. You're entertaining. I will. So, Thomas said that he would have easily that DVD. He's come back up. Okay. Now, you, you you know a while ago, we were talking about, like, films that would make good games. Yeah. And, uh... This is Inner Space. I said to you, um... It was E, I think it was. And you were yeah. talking about, like, a good, like... So, I'm about to release this out of my sack. <laughs> It's come out. <laughs> it's horrendous. Oh, look, it's Equilibrium. Right. I paid 50 pence for this. <laughs> yeah. And me and my girlfriend watched this. <laughs> In fact, I wanted to be so sober enough to do a little dance on the little... On the startup music. Right. But that ain't going to happen. No. This is... This oh, is wow. Yeah, that's lovely, that. 50, it's, that's by exactly. the way... What it's, our friendship means, 50 pence. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely abysmal. Happy. Oh, that's really, really nice. Thanks. I don't know what to do with it. We'll watch it. <laughs> well, See, thanks, what do you think lovely. about that? Because it's absolutely sh- Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have a gift for you. No, um, you don't have to. I'll just give you the, that's the not gift, a gift of friendship. The gift there is you've now got to watch that for an hour and a half. You've cursed me. Hexed. Well, there you go. That's another episode done and dusted. I've enjoyed myself of you. Ah, uh, but I have to apologise to everyone. I'm pissed again. Oh, ben. well, we're used to it. 
Oh, really? <laughs> Not to this level. No, it hasn't been since 3.5. Yeah. That's Sorry, a good run. That, though, that's a good run. That's like, what, 13 episodes? Yeah, I but, listened back to that. I was embarrassed, so I'm going to listen back to this and think, oh my fucking God. How many episodes we've done now then? 20-something, 28, 30? Is this 30? Is there any point continuing? Is it? The, the podcast? Yeah, man. Fuck his all. <laughs> oh, God. He's gone all emotional. Well, I'm going to have to end it myself. Well, is it? No. No. No, there's not. That's, that, like... So it, that's it? In the background, there'd be, like, some plinky-plonky music. You go, dun, 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 dun. No, that's the end on a high. Because it's, it was a, a bit of a depressing documentary. So, yes, there's loads of reasons to continue. We've got mm-hmm. lots of, lots planned. We've got an, another guest. We've got a new guest coming yes, in next do, time. Yeah. We're already planning a Halloween episode, which is going oh, to be Bell's house. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Like. So, yes, there is a lot of things to, to continue for. I'll do it myself if you don't want to. No, I fucking love doing it. Yeah, there you I go. You see, there like, it is. I'm you back. Just... <laughs> I'm back. I just need a bit of like... I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, baby. You just needed a moment to... I did. To really just recount I needed some like self-affirmation. So, like... I gave it to you, didn't I? You did. Oh, I'll give it to you. Right. That's it. Uh, if you want to get in touch, at Gonoxler, at G-O-N-A-R-C-H-S-L-A-I-R. None of you do, apart from two years. So thanks for that. Yeah. I'm See if you can get rid of 500 followers on Twitter, someone, please. Right. Retweet my stuff and get with 500 followers, because we've got 472 or something for ages. I want 500 you're going to say what? I'm also going to say this. I was going to say this last episode, but I thought of the logistics and mm-hmm. I'm scared of them, but I'm never going to say it. I feel like Christian and Ethel uh-huh. are now our biggest fans. Yeah. I think our biggest fans deserve something. All right. Presents. Okay. I will now send you something. Okay. Right? I'm going to send Christian something and I'm going to send Ethel something. Uh-huh. Now, I know Christian. <laughs> oh, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I know Christian, so I can give him something. Oh, yeah. Like, I can give him something. Me and Tommy can give him something <laughs> the next episode. But, Ethel, I don't know you. So, uh-huh. email will. Yeah. And we'll send you something. We'll send you a goodie bag. And anybody else who gets into the podcast and start sending with stuff and starts getting into her mm-hmm. we will send you stuff mm-hmm. also speaking of sending and gifts oh Christian doesn't forget to bring a gift I think Christian will I don't I don't want Christian to, to be the combo breaker the combo we're, we're now on a combo two, two hit combo it's a two hit combo, it's a combo. <laughs> Michael then Simon but I like getting gifts Oh. Any gift goes up on the uh, the gift shelf there. Oh, it's lovely, man. What the hell did Michael bring? Did Michael bring away a gift? Did Michael bring away a gift? I'm pulling the funny jokes because I don't think he did. Oh, no, no, it wasn't Michael. It was uh, it was Inspector Fogman. Inspector Fog brought away a gift. What? What's her face? <laughs> yeah, Ezra and the cards. The oh, chew- Jesus the Christ. Cards. But, Actually, yeah. I should bring you the cards and just put them up there. Yes. Because it's lovely to look at. Yeah. The combo. That's the combo. Uh, Michael, Michael can bring a, a gift next time he comes on. Why did that one guest bring up like a fucking disembodied corpse? Oh no, that that's not a gift. All oh, right. And the dildo, that's that's mine as well. Probably should ignore that. Then, the fleshy, it? fleshy dildo. Well, Ethel, send with your email. So you could send with or just a direct message if you don't want to email. Her. 
Or you can email Ross at no, no. <laughs> Thomas can email take over Ross. this, but I'm sure we we will make a care package for that dude. Yeah, we've what's, got it, man. What's your email address? My email yeah. address. Yeah, I don't look at it. Is it uh, once in a lifetime at? It's Yahoo. How? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. Okay, right. Well, that's it. This is a bit of a ragtag ending. It's been we've been been saying goodbye it's for not, the last three or four it's minutes. Not ragtag. Five or six minutes, seven or eight minutes of being say goodbye. So you're gonna stick with it, though, yeah? You're gonna be back next time. I'm back and forth. There's gotta <laughs> be some fucking love and giving. Right, bye then. Nah, I'm not. I'm only kidding. Okay. I love doing it. Bye then. <laughs> Not that strong. <laughs> oh, that face. Oh my god, that face. Oh, hell on earth. Hell all over the earth. That face. Right, let's go. Oh, we're ready.